0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So we are in this wonderful experience of Back to Basics, joining many of our centers all over the world in anchoring ourselves back into what are the basic teachings of Science of Mind, of this community. And so today is the final week of our Back to Basics series, and we are talking about creative spirituality today how is it that that our spiritual teachings are creative and so that song that court just sang really really speaks to what i want to talk about today how the creative energy moves from being that invisible thing into the realm of expression through us and in the world and how for a long time and even now many teachings articulate an idea about life that when we're in trouble or we're feeling lost that we are reaching out or if we are wanting to create something new in our life or we are having a challenge that we reach out and the articulation that's different than us that 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 many people have experienced is a notion of something out there that we we cry to, we pray to, we scream at, we beseech and and beg and borrow and bargain with and all that good stuff to try to convince it that we're worthy of getting the good that we desire. Much like many of us used to argue with our parents, you know, trying to convince our parents to give us things or even our list that we might have made for Santa Claus at some point. Dear God, please send me this and that and the other. And so that articulation, while it works for many people, is very distinct from our articulation of those moments when we're saying, I need a nightingale, I need something to help me. What do I need and how do I use the creative energy that is flowing through this universe to begin to create a life that serves me, whether it's a specific condition or a way of being or a prayer that I want to mutter for other people or for the state of the world. And we begin with an articulation of a different way that we see and sense God and the divine that we've been talking about all month as a presence and a power that is everywhere in everything, a, a creative force that is moving through every element of life life, through every being, through every activity, through everything that we see. And this is akin to science. The science part of religious science has all to do with that we don't set aside scientific theory. We don't set aside and, and, and the notion of what the scientists are evolving and discovering about our universe. And one of the things that we know is true is that the energy of life is everywhere present in everything. That everything, molecules and energy, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is expressing itself in various forms in this universe, and we believe that that force that science points us to is the creative source and force of this universe that we would call God or the divine, that it is inherent in and through and as everything. I was blessed to just complete a series last week on creativity, so I've got two talks. Here in the in the uh, the span of a couple of days about the creative impetus of life, and that series was based on a book by Gay Hendricks called "Joyful Genius" about, about embracing our genius, and he talks all about that creative energy. And so, I, uh, before some of you start to take a nap, as you hear the word "creative" too often, and you think, oh, "I'm not very creative," and I'm not talking about scrapbooking, I'm not talking about you know. Uh, the things that we do, pot, throwing pots or or the, the the thing that's part of it I'm, I'm talking about the way we create our life. How is it that when life is one way and we would prefer it to be a different way, how do we create the life we would love to live that 's what I'm talking about. and in order to create the life we would love to live, we have to take our place consciously in the creative process that's unfolding through us. So Gay Hendricks tells us creativity is one of the best shows nature puts on. Everything we are now, our bodies, our brains, our millions of cells, got here through infinite displays of creativity by a nature that is always inventing anew. And so we know and we proclaim, as Reverend Josh mentioned last week, we are co-creators. Our notion, then, is not of a faraway God that we have to convince of our good. Our notion is in alignment with what the mystics have told us throughout the ages. Every mystic who's ever had one of those transcendent moments of connectivity has articulated, oh my gosh, I am one with everything and the energy of it all is right here within me. And that is our belief, that is our passionate belief about the nature of the creative energy of life itself, of the universe. It is pouring itself through us. We are vessels, each one of us, for the energy that God is. And it pours itself purely, unconditionally, absolutely through each one of us at all times. There's never been a moment we've been without it. There is not one person, one thing that is without it. It is everywhere present. But what I know is that sometimes it doesn't feel like that, right? Sometimes it feels like we've been abandoned by the universe. Sometimes it feels like things are not the way we want them to be. And whose fault is that, by the way? And, uh, you know, that, that's where we go in our mind. What's going on? I certainly don't have a hand in creating that horrible monstrosity situation right there. I could not have been a part of that. But life and our teaching would say we are the instrument through which it creates. And that instrument is our consciousness the, the thoughts and the, and the energy and the intentions and the habits of mind and the emotions and the worries and the concerns and all of that good stuff and negative stuff combined together creates the consciousness through which this presence then expresses That we are constantly creating because we are constantly thinking. We are addicted to thinking, actually, most of us. We think all the time and we feel all the time and we're constantly assessing and deciding and thinking and intending. We are in, our brain is in motion, even when we're sleeping, right? We're dreaming, things are going on. We are constantly in motion in this creative process. And so if we're an instrument of this creative energy, then how do we pray and, in, and then be able to have something happen through us? And what I would like to say right away, my very first point, is that when it comes to being an instrument of the divine, I assert we are constantly in a state of prayer. Because we are constantly in the creative process. We are constantly setting it in motion. It is pouring through us at all times. So we are constantly seeing its expression through us. And we are, inter- we are interacting in it and with it at all times. And so our life, our experience, individually and collectively, starts to then be molded to the way that we've tuned our own inner instrument, to the thoughts that we've planted in this seed of creativity to the ideas, and, and some of which we aren't even consciously aware that we've planted. Granted, many of them are inherited from the families we grew up in and the culture we grew up in and the worldview we grew up in and the ideas that we've taken on almost by osmosis by traveling together in this world with other people. But at some point, we made an agreement with ideas of joys and possibilities or lack and limitation. And those agreements were that we focused on them or we, or we worried about them or we spent a huge amount of time looking at them than being interested in them. And therefore, the energy that we're being and that, that energy that's flowing through us is therefore showing us constantly Where our internal consciousness, our internal energy is living, is expressing, is being. And as Reverend Josh mentioned last week, our founder said to us many times that that fear is just misplaced faith. If we're spending time having fear thoughts all the time, being in fear, we're activating this consciousness towards that direction. It's misplaced faith. We're having faith in that which we are afraid of. And we have to, at some point, as he said, change our thinking, change our life. That's what we seek to do. In this center, in all of the centers that we are a part of, we teach people how to shift this energy, how to shift this consciousness, and therefore shift their experience. But it sometimes can take some work. I love this story that I saw in the Reader's Digest about a, a, a woman who took her daughter to get her driver's license, and, and she was a little nervous for her daughter. She thought the daughter seemed a little nervous herself, and she thought she might make a bunch of mistakes, so she decided to kind of pray for her that she would be successful in, in getting this driver's license. And when the girl came running back, she had a big smile on her face, and she showed her, her passing test to her mother, and her mother said, oh, that's great. I prayed for you. Could you feel it? And the daughter said, no, no, I couldn't feel it. But the, when I got in the car, the instructor who was driving me around said, "I looked nervous." And, and she said, "I was nervous." And so the instructor said, "Is there anything I can do to help you be more relaxed?" And the girl said, "Well, while we're driving every once in a while, if you could scream real loud, that would make me feel like my mother was here." (Laughter) oh <my God. laughs> I thought, what a story of familiarity, right? <laughs> familiar fear that we get caught up in in creating our life. We just get we get to habit habituated into these familiar fears and energy, and so we have to learn to shift that. We have to learn to transcend that. Ernest Holmes said to us, and this is how we do this, our number one practice I want to teach us today, how if we're in constant prayer, how we can shift that. And we call, and he called prayer, uh, spiritual mind treatment or treatment. When you hear people here say, I'm going to get a treatment, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about a process by which we then learn to shift our thoughts, our energy, and our consciousness we treat ourselves, in other words. He says treatment is not for the purpose of making things happen. It is to provide within ourselves an avenue through which they may happen. Treatment opens up avenues of thought, expands consciousness, and lets reality, he says with a capital R, through. It clarifies the mentality, removes the obstructions of thought, and lets in the light. And so he's constantly telling us, and we constantly hear through the work that we do in our services, through the work that we do in our classes and groups, are working together to support each other in creating a different vessel Of beingness, such that life can express itself in a new way through us. That is our work. That is our holy, sacred work. And a lot of that has to do with dismantling the ideas, the belief systems, using critical thinking to ask ourselves what I believed when I was a teenager about life and about people. Is that really true? Uh, is, is what I believed when I was younger or in a different condition or situation, is that really true? And learning the techniques by which we can shift our thinking, literally change Change our consciousness and change our life. Change our inner intention and change our life. Change our inner focus. Change our mind and change our life. This is the way that we do this. And so what we teach and help people to understand are the methods of that, which can include, as I said, just looking at those thoughts. It can include forgiveness work. It can include uh, a different kind of dialogues and exercises and worksheets and workshops and all sorts of things. And the primary tool of religious science is this specific way of learning to pray. Because we then understand that prayer is not, please give me the goody, but it's, how is it that I am the goody, right? How is it that I am being the energy that is in alignment with the good that I seek? And so we teach then people how to step into prayer treatment in a way, conscious prayer that serves them, formal prayer. Spiritual mind treatment this process then is a process that we do upon our consciousness if we 're constant in a constant state of prayer we 're constantly praying, then it behooves us when we enter into formal prayer to use the process we 're already using to shift our awareness and have it move in a different direction. So our formal prayer we teach is a five step process that we take people through. So that they can condition their minds. They can shift their awareness. Our form of prayer is all about shifting what we're believing, what we're thinking, what we're saying. It's about shifting us. Now I will say, for those of you who like to read a lot and like to research a lot, you likely will not find a five-step prayer the way that we articulate it by our founder, Ernest Holmes. While he prayed this way and utilized all of these steps that I'm going to briefly outline in a minute, he did not do them in this formal five process. What happened was that his prayers were so beautiful and effective and powerful that the teachers around him went to him at one point and said, you know, we'd really like to teach people how to do this, but in order to do this, we need to systematize it. How could we create a, a, a process, a pathway by which someone could treat their own consciousness and therefore uh, be effective And so this five-step process was birthed out of that desire to educate and help people learn to do this for themselves. And so we teach the five steps of formal prayer, and here they are. The first one is recognition. We spend time and energy recognizing that there is God in everything, I've come up with these questions that I teach people to ask if, as they're doing this prayer that every statement that they write or say would be able to answer this question so that they know that they're in the heart and the center of the intention of this step. And so in the first step in recognition, the question we could ask ourselves is, uh, what is the nature of God? We believe the nature of God, as I've already articulated and we've been articulating every week, is that it is all there is, it is everywhere. So everything I say in this first step, every word I utter is all about helping me to feel and align and remember the truth about the nature of the divine. The second step is called unification. And it's a movement then into this step or stage where I recognize that since this presence is everywhere, it's right here where I am. And I spend time focused on how I am an expression of the divine. And so I seek to answer in this question, what is my relationship in God? I am a divine presence. I am all that it is. As Martin Buber would say, I am that which it is, it is that which I am. And so we spend time in contemplating our oneness. The next step is called realization, where we, we begin to articulate what we accept to be the truth. And so we would be able to answer the question, what am I accepting about myself? Maybe up until now, I've been accepting that I'm, la- I'm full of lack and limitation. I'm not able to experience something. I don't know how to make my dreams come true. I don't know how to create the life I want to create. But in this step, I'm going to articulate and stop telling myself that because I know that thought is creative. And instead, I'm going to choose a creative thought that actually forwards me towards the good that I desire. So I'm going to claim that I am this being of abundance this being of high energy this being who is moving towards her dreams i'm going to claim it and accept it and speak words to myself to my own consciousness that accept the good for myself it's at this point that if we were a gardener who had planted a seed in the in the soil that we would then cover the seed and we would step back and we would say ah i've planted a new seed for myself and the next step then is all about gratitude. It's about giving thanks for the harvest that I know is about to bloom forth. And so the next step we call it thanksgiving. And the, and the question you might ask yourself is what is the nature of my gratitude? So I would, I would say some sta- statements about how grateful I am that this is so. And then the last step is to let it go to release it in faith and trust. Just like the gardener after planting walks away from the seed and trusts that the seed is doing whatever it needs to do below the soil and is bursting forth into creation. This word that I have spoken and formally planted in that rich soil is coming forth and I trust and have faith. And so I might ask myself, can I let go with faith? Can I let go in faith? Ernest Holmes also tells us, we already live in a perfect universe, but this needs to be seen before it can become a part of our experience. Treatment removes doubt and fear, lets in the realization of the presence of spirit, and is necessary while we are confronted by obstructions or obstacles. The origin of every problem is ultimately to be found within us, and the answer to every problem will be discovered in spiritual realization. So this is a process that we can do for ourselves on our own consciousness. And sometimes I know that I am so steeped in my own lack and limitation it's hard for me to see the truth about myself. I don't know if that ever happens to any of you but it does occasionally for me. I I'm not sure that I can believe in myself. I'm not sure that I can believe and have faith in the good of life. Then what do I do? How do I transcend that? This is where we see the value of allowing other people to then pray for us, to stand as witness to the truth on our behalf. Now, why is it that other people can do that then on my consciousness, can pray and impact my consciousness? Well, it has to do with a couple of things. It has to do with this concept of oneness that we believe is true, that we're all one. And so if we're all one, we're all connected. And if I consciously look at you and say, yes, Jeanette, please pray for me, then that connection is enhanced and she can stand as witness and she has many times thank you very much beloved one to my good she can stand as witness in that space of oneness on my behalf she essentially when we when we step into prayer and allow a pra- practitioner or a friend or someone else pray for us we are essentially saying have faith in my faith can have faith in my faith I may not have faith in my own faith but I can have faith in her faith think about it right now if I'm standing here before you and saying to you I'm really having a hard time seeing the good in myself I'm really having a hard time seeing the the greatness or the ability in my life to step forward on behalf of some good isn't it a lot easier to see it in me than it might be even in your own self it's, it's it's like one of the greatest things between the, the work that the practitioner prayer partners do in consciousness, in prayer and meditation, years of study and working to, to feel and sense the absolute reality of this presence that is everywhere and then in that ability to stand in that faith and witness the good that God is as other people when we hand over our request to them we are having faith in their faith. We are saying, I'm not sure that I can have faith right now, but I know you can. And when I do that, here's the feeling that comes over me. <sighs> Whereas up until then, I might have been worried, concerned, full of energy, thinking, 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 thinking. When I hand that prayer request over and I can have faith that they're doing that holy work on my behalf, I can feel the love and the connection and the support. And number one, I'm worrying less. I'm not so caught up in my stuff. And I know someone's got this. There's lots of things that we do in life to support ourselves. I know that. I, uh, I get massages when I can. I, uh, I uh, get my nails and my toes done because I like to and it makes me feel good. I, I've been in therapy many times in my life. I have done lots of personal growth workshops and all sorts of stuff. But I'll tell you, the number one thing that I, as I look back is that I have not been without a practitioner prayer partner in my life since I stepped into the the walls of this place. I have a prayer partner. I I was noticing along the way recently, I uh, I, I let my nails go too long. It was like a month and I was like not having the time to get to see my nail person, get my nails done. And I was feeling a little bit frustrated. But when I look back, I found the time to be with my practitioner prayer partner every week. I found the time to do that. Because I believe that that is the number one thing I can do. If if life changes by spiritual realization... My highest priority, if I want to change my life, has got to be in my spiritual realization for myself, and I've got to have people support me in that. If I believe that change happens through consciousness, then I've got to be willing to do the work and committed to do the work within me that will shift my consciousness, rather than spending so much time and energy moving around in the world of form and trying to change things out there so that I can feel better in here, what we do is we say, no, change things in here. Feel better in here. And life out there will change and shift. This is how we know that it works. This is what we know is true. And so we give thanks today for the recognition of our creative spirituality and for our practitioner prayer partners because we know that they hold a holy sacred space in our world, in our community for helping us change our world. So I would say if you want to change, do this work for yourself. Learn how to pray for yourself. Learn how to change your thinking and utilize our practitioner prayer partners to stand as witness for the truth of who you want to be expressing yourself as in this world. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org. Peace out, friends.